This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Betting Weekly English Premier League podcast where we're going to be looking ahead to the first round of Premier League fixtures. The big kickoff is just around the corner and joining me to do so as usual is uh, the GOAT himself, Nigel Seeley. How you doing? Oh, I thought Jack was just about to jump in there. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Hold on, fella. What, what? Hold on, fella. You've only been here once before. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, hey, I don't agree with the. Uh, I don't agree with the introduction, but I love the confidence of Jack. So, oh, thank you. Like, that was just superb confidence. No, I'm good, mate. Yeah, really looking forward to it. I and mean, as we said in the uh, the season opener, when we looked at the future markets, there always is this optimism on the first weekend of the season everyone's very excited everyone can't wait till the season comes in and then by Christmas time we know the fates of the clubs and some people are dreading the rest of the season and some people are looking forward to it so it is good it's always great for the betting you know teams come in I would always say to anybody betting on the first weeks of any football season whether it's in the English Premier League or whatever European league it is you've got to be a little bit careful with your staking plan because um, you know lots of teams have made so many changes and the form doesn't really come in uh, until probably about November time. So these first couple of months, you know, however much we, uh, we we give confident picks, we are sort of betting in the unknown at the moment. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to working with Jack as well, the, the soon-to-be goat. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the season and, and looking forward to um, what's going to be a very interesting show. We've got some very interesting picks. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it indeed. That's the word, looking forward to it. There you go then, the soon-to-be goat, Jack uh, Right also joins us. How you doing, mate? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to it. As always, it's the excitement of that new season, as we mentioned on the on the previews. Um, lots of uh, new faces coming in, some big names coming in that we're going we're gonna to see how they fare in, in the English league. So high expectations, Arsenal. And um, by the looks of what we're going to talk about in a little while, some ones that are a bit of trepidation going into the new season. So we'll see how they all fare. And so we're going to find out in the next sort of 48 hours or so what the start looks like. And we'll soon start seeing those knee-jerk reactions from fans up and down the country as their sides are either going to be uh, clear at the top or uh, or doomed. So exciting times. That was the just Premier one, just one thing, Harry. Back. Just one Go thing on. there. It's very interesting what Jack said there about the knee-jerk reaction of fans. And it's a knee-jerk reaction also from bookmakers at this stage of the season. And also betters. You know, people look at two games and think, oh, they've beaten them. And they really have a very, very strange opinion. And they want to be with the teams that won back-to-back. Um, so you get really, really nice prices value. I mean, two seasons ago, my future picks were probably one of the best I've ever had. And they all started really well. So the first part of the season was very profitable. Last season, I had a really bad futures campaign and all of my picks started terribly. So it's really interesting this part of the season because you 
you you kind of gauge your opinion of the side and you can either be totally right or you can be totally wrong. There's no real in between. You've got it right about a team or you've got it wrong about a team. And so that's, it's when you decide to stick with them or you say, I've had enough now, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. So it's really interesting from the betting perspective as well, from the betters, from the fans and also from the bookmakers. Right, let's get into it then. Enough compliments for you two. Despite them mocking me in the WhatsApp group last night, uh, I still thought I'd give them a nice intro. But anyway, we move on. Uh, Nigel, let's start with you, mate. Um, I know you've got a, a bit of an opinion on the Crystal Palace versus Arsenal game. It's the first uh, Premier League game of the season. Let's get the Arsenal chat out of the way. Come on. <laughs> well, it, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Premier League show here on Bet Rivers without me giving you stick about Arsenal. You're opposing Arsenal. I'm in, and I, I, you know, you you put the first bet of the season. I put down to oppose Arsenal. I bet you're sitting there in the Simu Towers thinking he's done that to <laughs> he's done that to on purpose to wind me up. But I haven't, Harry. I, I haven't at all. This is purely and simply from an odds perspective. I mean. I, I, we spoke about Crystal Palace that myself and Jack have both got them in for like a, having a good season and their home form is very, very good. I mean, they only lost four games last season. They, they drew with Manchester City. They lost against Liverpool and Chelsea. So you would expect them to lose that. But the games that they, they, they were expected to win, they won, including a 3-0 win over Arsenal. I know it's a very different Arsenal side this season. I know they've brought in uh, Chinchenko and they've brought in Jesus. Jesus has been bet like he's like Lionel Messi to be the top Premier League goal scorer. I mean, come on. I mean, he's had a great pre-season, but the amount of chances he missed at Manchester City, I know he's going to be good. I know he's going to score goals, but really, he's not He's not in that top level of striker. And the market just seems to think that Arsenal have just made two of the best signings in history, the way they're being bet. They're good signings. They are very good signings. They'll strengthen Arsenal. But do, do are Arsenal really minus 125 to win this match? Last season, at the same stage, they were plus 107. I would argue that Crystal Palace are as strong, or if not stronger, than they were in that game. Eze is back to some kind of, you know, he's, he's back from fitness, looking immense in pre-season. I, I'm a huge fan of this kid. I, I saw him at QPR on my team many years ago, and I'll, I'll be praising him for ages and ages. And if he was fit for two seasons, I think he'd be in the England squad. I really do think he's that good. I think he's he's, he's got the potential to go on to a bigger and better club. And I think it's a big season for him. Link-up play with Sahar. I think Palace are dangerous. This will be a rocking atmosphere. I remember going to the game last season, first game of the season at Brentford. I went with my son. And, you know, similar kind of thing. Brentford expectant crowd in the first game of the season. Brentford won 2-0. Palace ended last season unbeaten in their last eight matches. They were unbeaten in their last six. And they didn't concede in those six. And they included a 3-0 win over um, Arsenal, 1-0 win over Manchester United and a nil-nil draw in Manchester City. Purely from an odds perspective, Crystal Palace here, plus a half a goal. So you get the draw as well at plus 107 is the wrong price. That's the wrong price. So Palace plus a half goal for me at plus 107. I don't understand why Arsenal were plus 105 to win this game in April, or yeah, April, and they're now minus 125 on the first day of the season. Arsenal have only won one in the last eight against Palace as well. So Palace plus a half a goal. Jack, any thoughts on this one? I was going to throw it over to you, to be honest with you. Let's see what you think about that. <laughs> well, uh, Nigel, you're at the game tomorrow night, right? Yeah, but I'm not being derogatory about no, no, I'm, Arsenal. I'm not saying no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. not saying you, you, you tell me one thing as an Arsenal fan, with your Arsenal wallpaper, with your Arsenal wife fronts on, you tell me <laughs> one thing, why, what I've said there, that as an Arsenal fan, as an Arsenal, uh, that is, is wrong. Nothing. It's no, about I'm, money. I'm it's about you putting... You've got two kids, two kids, Harry, yeah? If you bet Arsenal at minus 125 in games like this, you won't be able to feed your kids. 
That's a fact. You might get it right once and that once once or twice, but over a period of season, you bet wrong prices like that, you you won't win it. I'm, I, I can go there and cheer the draw. Brilliant, perfect. My son will be happy. Get the draw. We have a Nando's on the way home. He doesn't get the other. Perfect. <laughs> Draws brilliant. I win the money to pay the Nando's. Perfect. When uh when Gabriel Jesus uh, bags a couple of goals, I'm going to come and find Nigel in the crowd. And, I'll be uh, going, mate. Back. I'll be long <laughs> gone. I'll be, I'll be in the pub across the road. My boy will be yeah. there. I'll be in the pub. No, I, I I certainly agree with you that there's there's value there. There is, you know, it's, it's undeniable. It's a banana skin fixture. You know, you saw Arsenal get caught cold at the start of last season, London derby Friday night. I, I do agree when you said that it's a better, different Arsenal team now, but there is still that that danger that this is a really difficult fixture. So I don't disagree with you, this is the, even Crystal though I'd like Palace to. At home, if you take the top four out of the division, this is, the, I feel, the, one of the most difficult places to go in the Premier League and get a result. The results just speak for themselves. They're, they're brilliant at beating that bracket around them. And I wouldn't say Arsenal with that bracket around them, but they only lose really against the big boys, like the real big boys, like Chelsea, Man City uh, and, uh, and Liverpool. So... I think this is a, and Tottenham, I think this is a dangerous, dangerous fixture for Arsenal. I think both managers would be delighted with a draw. And uh, I think plus a half Palace at plus, at plus money, plus 107 is a great bet. Yeah. It's a massive game test we... for Arsenal. Oh. I think, like, like, we, like we said, that it is so symmetrical to last season, that the, the whole atmosphere, the concept of it. And it, 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 I, I, I said the other day, it, it's like Arsenal seeing the first game of the season, it must have gone, oh, could have been pretty much any other game, and you'd go, you know, yeah, we, yeah, we fancy that. But away at Palace on a Friday night, it's got all the makings, isn't it? It's absolutely got all the makings. And if you come through that test, it'll be a, a big boost. But yeah, you've got a fancy, like you, you wouldn't want to really take Palace on at home with anyone really, other than possibly the top two. But uh, I think yeah, they're, they're a special team at home, and they've got a lot going for them this season. So we will see tomorrow night. No, the, other, the other thing about this game, just before I know we speak greatly about it quite a lot, but um. This is a huge game for Crystal Palace. I know it's a, it's a huge game for everybody at the start of the season, but Crystal Palace is running after this. It's Liverpool away, Aston Villa, Manchester City they, away as well. So they, they got Liverpool and Man City away the next two games. So if they, I know we're talking silly, but it sets the whole move for the season. If they, if if they get, you know, look look what happened to Brentford. They got off to a brilliant start, set the move for them for the season, and they've done really well in the Premier League. The start is so important, and if Crystal Palace get off to a losing start here, then. They, those four games, they could be pointless and then it could be a different kind of atmosphere and pressure. So it's a really, really important game to, for Palace to get something this game. And I, I wouldn't. I think it'd probably be a draw, but uh, I think Palace at plus a half, at plus money, I make it minus money because I make Arsenal plus money to win the game. Would you take the draw, Harry? Um, depending sign on the draw now? Depending on the performance. I wouldn't sign for it now. No, 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 okay. I wouldn't because... Because I'm feeling good about Arsenal this season, but at the start of last season, I'd definitely sign for copy it. and paste this. Copy <laughs> and paste this every paste single it. season. I'm feeling good about us. Three weeks time, all these mates and Arsenal teams, mate, all that going. Oh, <laughs> the next game we're going to look at. Um, you've both highlighted something from it, so I want to move on to uh, Villa against Bournemouth. I'll come to you first, Jack. Um, I know that you've got a pick on this one. Tell us a little bit about it. I have. Yeah, I am. Um... I really like Villa in this game and, and I was looking over some different options and I toed and throwed over a couple, but the one I just came back to was Villa to score over one and a half goals at plus 107. Um, Nigel will come on to it at the moment for his bet, but uh, so I'm strong on them this season. 
I'm really looking for. They've had a good preseason. I know we can't read too much into preseasons, but uh, they've had a good one. They're unbeaten. Only one of two sides in the Premier League to be unbeaten preseason. You know the other one. Um, and uh, they've, they've won four out of five games. They're scoring goals, and the good thing is, I think yeah, preseason you want to get minutes in legs, and you want your, your strikers, your forward players to to get some confidence, score some goals. Watkins scored, Ings scored, um, Cameron Archer, the young lad they've got who most of the championship is is waiting to see if Villa are letting him out on loan this season. He scored a couple of goals as well. Um, and a key one, Leon Bailey back from injury, scored three goals in pre-season. So they've got those players firing and they've also obviously got some great talent around them as well with the likes of Buendia and Coutinho. Um, they signed a couple of defensively minded players, their main signings this season, I think, in Carlos and Kamara. But the best signing for me is Neil Critchley. Obviously, they lost um, Michael to uh, to QPR. Obviously, Michael Beale's gone to QPR as the manager there and raised a few eyebrows in, in getting Critchley in from Blackpool. So, obviously, taking a, an actual manager of, a, of a, a championship club to go and go as an assistant manager over to Villa. And uh, Stephen Gerrard's made an absolute brilliant move there, in my opinion, um, that, They've got the attributes to be a really, really exciting attacking forward team. And he's picked out one of the progressive forward-minded coaches there. He's one of only 16 coaches in the world to have the elite badge. And that shows you where you know where he's at. Um, and I say to go from a side where he took from League One out of the playoffs into the championship and then kept him on a shoestring budget in the championship is a big move. And to get the best out of the players that we know have got serious ability, I think they're... Um, they're going to be a big threat with him on the training ground. We have proper hands-on, hands-on role there coming from the Liverpool background, which is where the connection with Gerard is. So I really fancy them to score some goals in this one. Uh, they scored a couple in the in the first game of last season against the newly promoted sides. So I got form for it. But the main thing on this is as much as I like Villa, and I think they're going to have a good season this season based on everything that was said there and, the, and what they've got in the backup and Gerard is um, absolutely all over fade in Bournemouth. I think they're in, in a massive, massive problems. Uh, signed a couple of players in uh, Rothwell and Fredericks, free transfers. It just reminds me a lot, and Bournemouth fans are going to hate that. As Obviously, as a Norwich fan, they remind me of Norwich from a couple of Premier League campaigns ago. They came up, they kept the core of the side, they added a couple of like, little loans and freebies, effectively feathering the nest to go back to the championship, which is a, is obviously a high-risk strategy, really. Sometimes you can't help it, but, you know, as far as this is concerned, it doesn't bode well for their Premier League future. Yes, they're just signed to Vernier this week from midfield in Borough, but allegedly going to be playing them on, on the left side of defence. Um, but the, the quotes from me, from Scott Parker this week, I'm worried about Bournemouth. I think you're both worried about Bournemouth this season. But the key thing for me that's ringing alarm bells is Scott Parker, their manager's worried about Bournemouth, which is never a good thing for your, <laughs> your club when your manager's casting doubt. So, Red, um, someone told me about his quotes this week, and I looked into them and I got them down here. Last preseason game, he said, we need to work out whether we want to try and be competitive. Not even going to be competitive or anything grander than that. To try and be competitive was his actual words. We are way short of where we need to be. Um, and he's stated that they're, they're lacking in a lot of areas. He said they've barely got any defenders. Uh, they've lost Cahill, who had 22 appearances. Nat Phillips has gone back to Liverpool, um, who was a big thing for them last season on loan. Um, and his words to end that were that they were weaker than last season. And we know the chasm between the Championship and the Premier League 
and to consider that his side are in a weaker position than they were last year in that league, to say rings alarm bells and uh, and and what wanted me to be absolutely all over Villa, especially on them scoring goals. So to get plus one oh seven for just two or more goals, happy days. Take that. I mean, Scott Parker looks the part, Nigel, but he, he isn't. <laughs> he can't play the part, can he? I mean, I, I don't particularly rate him, and I know based on your pick in this game. You agree with a lot of uh, what Jack me, said. Me and Scott Parker have got connections as well, Harry, as you know, like an old, an old one of my famous friends as well. Um, when he was a young lad, when I, I interviewed him, didn't I? My very first job was an interview. I, he was the McDonald's kid that used to do all the flick ups on the McDonald's advert in the garden. If you Google it, so you're probably too old for it to remember it. Scott Parker and his dad bet him to play for England, and I was working at the Racing Post, and I had to go and interview him. Uh, he was only about 14, but uh, I still I still better football than him anyway. And I dress better than him now, so anyway. Um, <laughs> I would, anyway, let me let me just uh, not go quite just got get... the not quite got the the look though, have you? No, not really. <laughs> I did have. I can't be bothered now. But anyway, um, I like I I pretty much agreeing with everything that uh, Jack said there. Unfortunately, for anybody watching this, you don't want us to agree. You want us to disagree. Um, but I think that Villa are going to have a brilliant season. I, I've very strong on them to finish in the top half. I, I saw minus one twenty them to finish in the top half over here, which which I'm actually got stuck into I can't believe that price um I think they're a really good bet to win a cup I think they're good to an FA Cup or a, or a Carabao Cup this season because I think a lot of teams with the World Cup will, will be secondary about it. they won't care at all about that and I think Villa will be really really keen a great manager and he will attract players he's going to you know he's going to attract players from Liverpool he's going to attract players from Rangers very very attack-minded as Jack said goals all over the pitch and Bournemouth have absolute terrible pre-season and terrible defensive frailties. So I'm just going to keep it simple. Hopefully we both cash. Um, if, if if Villa score two goals and Jack wins, then the likelihood is they're going to win the game. And I was going to bet Villa to win the game at evens um, with Bet Rivers, just uh, plus 100, um, plus money. I fully expect there to be a big move on Aston Villa in the next two days, uh, in the next two days to build up the kickoff and they start minus money. The only question mark about that is on the first days of seasons, you don't really want to be betting teams heavy favourites away from home. It's not really a good strategy to do in the, in the opening day of the season. But all those quotes that Jack has said there and the fact that Bournemouth are a lot weaker than they were, and I thought they were quite a weak team last season. I mean, Fulham ran away with it and they weren't a very, you know, Forest were a better side to them towards the end of the season. Sheffield United were a better side to them towards the end of the season. I thought they were a, a rather average side. If you took the goals away from Solanke, they didn't really offer much. And, um, I feel that Villa here will be far too strong. Very, very up for it. Brilliant preseason. Attack minded. Sun will be shining so that there'll be good attractive football there. And, uh, you know, it won't be a miserable, horrible day, which makes Villa not be able to play first of the season. I fancy Villa to uh, to do the business here. Good stuff. Uh, let's move on uh, to the game between Leeds and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Nigel does love an unders bet. And uh, he's got a couple for us here. We only got to look at the championship last week. Twelve games, eleven unders. You know that tells you the start of the first game of the Premier League, the se- first games of the seasons. I think you want to bet unders, and then just usually from trends, um, August, September, October, November unders pretty much cash more often than not. And then when you get to the sort of November period of time, you go overs. Um, so it's all, that's the sort of time, the first few months of the season, statistically, a lot, lot more under goals than over goals. I'm always being an under better, always, 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 never been an over better because when I started betting, you, you were considered more of a shrewdy to bet unders rather than overs. It was always the mug money, the, the, the public money that went over because 
I worked in the spread betting industry and everybody wanted to buy the goals. Everyone wanted to go over on the bookings and the lines were always too high. So you used to always consider people who went overs as, as not so shrewd and all the shrewd money was under. Whether that, that's changed a lot now, modern day football's has changed, but I think this game here, I, I really do like the under two and a half at minus 127. I also like under one and a half at plus 235. If you're looking for another angle, nil-nil at half time, which is a bet that I always like having in Wolves games. Wolves were the fifth lowest goal scorers on the road last season, and three of the relegated teams were obviously below them, only only narrowly below them. And Leeds were the fourth lowest scorers at home in the Premier League, and all the three that below them all got relegated. So they don't offer any goals. You take away Rafinha from Leeds, you take away Calvin Phillips. I know he doesn't score many goals, but he, you know, he is a big influence for that side. Bamford's coming back from a long layoff. You know, he, he sort of worked his way into the, the end of the season, but, um, you know, it's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Leeds would expect a bounce back from last season, and I think Wolves don't out- offer any attack, no attacking threat for me at all. I think, you know, Jack thinks they'll have a bad season. I think they'll have a bad season. I think the manager's going to be under pressure here. Jesse Marsh doesn't want to lose the first game of the season because the Leeds fans will, will turn on him as quickly as you, you, you could think. Um, so I think here... Unders is definitely right. I think this is a very low scoring. One goal will win it. Um, probably likely to be Leeds. Could even be nil-nil. I really do. But I think under two and a half goals, minus 127. And under one and a half goals, at plus 235. Good stuff. Uh, Jack, let's come back to you, mate. Um, you've got something for us from the game between Spurs and Southampton. A lot of expectation around Spurs this season. A huge amount. Yeah, yeah. A lot of buzz about that. You can wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, yeah, it's kind of on a crest of a wave, obviously, uh, via the fact they got into the Champions League last season. Sorry again. And um, that, 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 yeah, got everything going for them. They're making signings. They're making the right noises. They said there's a lot of buzz about them. Um, and arguably rightly so. And uh, the angle I've gone on, on to here, they've got first game of the season's at home to Southampton. And they probably couldn't have picked a, a better game for them than this. Um, and I'm actually going for Hyungmin Son to score at any time here at plus 108. Um, obviously, he was last season's golden boot winner, shared with Mo Salah. 23 goals last season, so a fantastic campaign. Ended it on absolute fire. 12 goals in his last 10 games for, for Spurs. Um, that included four times where we scored two or more goals in a game. And if you did want to go a bit bolder, and I nearly did put this forward, but I didn't want to steal Nigel Thunder, is uh, plus 600 if you want to go down that route. And he also scored a hat-trick in his last 10 games as well, and that that's at 28-1 to 1 if you want to go even bigger for him to get off to a dream start. But back to the bet, to score at any time at plus one away, I was stunned to see him uh, at that odds, uh, odds against, because if this was anyone else, and in fact, Harry Kane obviously is in this game and he's odds on to score at any time. Son scored more goals than him last season. If it was Mo Salah, who he, they scored the same amount, he'd be odds on. If it was Haaland, who's not set foot on an English pitch in the Premier League yet, he'd be odds on. Those players that are at the top end of the market we're expecting would all be odds on. And for some reason... Son's kind of been a little bit undervalued here, to be honest with you. It's so, because of the penalties, isn't it? That's the reason. Like, it, that's the reason why he's always plus money because he doesn't take the penalties. Salah takes, or Kang takes the penalties. Harlan probably take the penalties. That's the reason why. But his stats just break records because he, he's got all the goals without penalties. Exactly right. Yeah. And he scored 
he's not scored. I'm sorry, he scored twelve goals in total against Southampton. He's that's the most he scored against any one particular team. So I'm not a massive one for head to heads and historical data going back. So oh, since 1974, this, that, and the others happened. But I do believe in in players having teams they like to play against or just just good grounds that they go to because they have good memories of it and it gives them a positive feeling. So 12, 12 goals he scored in total against Southampton. He scored five in the last six, or sorry, he scored in five of the last six games. And he's totaled eight goals in those games as well. He scored in each of the last three times that Tottenham have hosted Southampton, both in the league and the cup. So he's on a great run run with those. And, and this game does generally produce goals. And you've got to say about Southampton, they were the first team to reach for the flip-flops last season, weren't they? They absolutely tanked towards the end of the campaign. Hassan Hootall just kind of seems to have that kind of streaky nature about them. They'll go on a decent run, they'll go on a bad run. Um, and uh, they've got to try and turn that round to start the season. And, and they're probably, I know we mentioned Palace, but this, as far as uh, uh, the away game this season, this must probably be the hardest away game of the first game week um, for Southampton to take on going to a, a Tottenham that are going to be vibrant, they're going to be buzzing. Um, like I said, he scored um, each of the last three home meetings. He actually scored four times in, in the game at St Mary's, Southampton's home ground, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, so he's got a tremendous record against them. Um, and if you did want to take that one on, that's 130 to one. But as I said, I think um, there should be goals in this game. And I'd be stunned if Son's not amongst the goal scorers somewhere and we can get on at odds against. So I'm definitely on board with that. Makes sense. Makes plenty of sense, in fact. Um, Nigel, let's come back to you, mate. Leicester against Brentford. What have you got for us here? Yeah, I mean, this is only... I, I put this down originally, then I thought I broke it down and I sort of questioned myself about it. But I think it's more to do with my negativity towards Brentford this season than my over-optimism uh, on Leicester. Um, I, I feel Leicester will have too much to win this game. I think they'll, uh, they're minus 104. Um, and really, the, the argument has been pitched on the partnership of Madison and Vardy. Um, I think last season when they come back, they saw the amount of goals they scored, the amount of assists they create for each other. I think they're a very, very different team. Leicester have obviously lost their goalkeeper, Kasper Schmeichel, which is a big blow, not only on the pitch, but obviously around the club. He was such a big influence in the club of 11 seasons there. And I think that's a, someone that they're going to find it hard to replace. But I think this bet is really built on, on Brentford. I, I, I saw them middle of last season. They sort of lacked a lot of ideas. They they. they they sort of had one way of playing and um, I feel that a lot of teams would have found that them out this season and that's why I like them to get relegated. Um, plus 275, I bet the relegation here at plus 275. No Ericsson, obviously all that creativity. Um, we, I've mentioned before about the centre forward, Ivan Tony. He, he would he would crawl to a, a move to Arsenal or Chelsea or, you know, he's not the kind of fella you want to be stuck in the trenches with Ivan Tony. <laughs> sitting there, the, the bombs will be going around and he'd be... Uh, It'd be on Instagram. So uh, he's not the kind of fella you want to be with. But um, I, I think Leicester here will probably be enough. But I, I, I had question marks about it. Compared to the other two bets that I've, I've mentioned, this will probably be the third favourable bet or the fourth favourable bet. Um, my original thought was I want to get with Leicester minus 104. I saw Casper Schmeichel go. I saw a lot of players being linked. But I do think Leicester will score. And I don't think Brentford will score. So, yeah, uh, a score. Yeah, lean towards Leicester here at minus one hundred four, but not as strong as the 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 Villa bet, or not as strong as the unders and the Leeds Wolves. Let's move on to Man United Brighton because you've got a bet for us here on this one as well. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? The start of Eric Ten Hag's Premier League tenure. 
What do you expect from this one? I don't think anything's going to change at Manchester United. I think nothing will change apart from a Nigel City lookalike in the in the dugout. But um, I, I think um, I think this is I think it's a tough season for them. I think it's going to be a really really tough season. The whole of the summer season, he's had to deal with uh, the young from Barcelona and the transfer that the player doesn't want to go there. I mean, how on earth can a football? This shows you the state of a football club that a player at Barcelona have got no money doesn't want to go to what is supposedly the biggest football club in the world. Man United come knocking on the door. Used to, everyone used to want to go there. The only person I can see wanting to go there would be Ivan Tony. But I'm telling you <laughs> one other thing. The other thing about um, Manchester United is that, that, that Ronaldo, I mean, that's caused so much problems. Like, internally, that must have caused so much problems. You know, the manager would have wasted so much time in his new job looking for players, building a squad where he's had to do the whole summer, looking about Ronaldo, trying to offload him, talk about a contract. And two days before the season starts, nothing is really in the balance. You take Ronaldo out this side, are they better? The argument is, are you better? Are they worse? Well, the one thing, they're not as goal effective. I don't think they score as many goals with Ronaldo in the team was without the side. I think Man United are a bang, bang average side. Bang average side. Top six at best. Uh, Brighton, for me, always, always a side that just... I, I can never really call them right. Uh, they they battered Manchester United, didn't they, in a 4 0 win at the Amex towards the end of last season? But they always surprise me then when they create so many chances, but they don't score. And, and I'm I'm always a sort of a disbeliever in the gold exchange sometimes. You know, I've had this conversation many a times with people. Um, the gold XG is great. Like for Brighton, they always get bet because they create so many chances. But if, they, if their strikers are rubbish and can't put the ball in the back of the net, well, the gold XG's. Mean, irrelevant. meaningless, irrelevant. And that's my view on Brighton. And whenever I see a move for Brighton, I always want to do the opposite. I saw, you know, I saw them last season or the season before go to Burnley and start off about plus 110. Brighton are never plus 110 against Burnley, but the public love them. But I think they have a big problem in, in strikers. Um, Danny Welbeck is their, is their main hope. Well, he spends more time falling over than he does putting the ball in the back of net. And I, I, I feel here this is this is a typical Thursday of the season match for Manchester United. Old Trafford will be optimistic. It'll be expectant by half an hour. They'll be on the players' backs. It'll be it'll be a different atmosphere when, when Brighton are frustrating. And I can see this being a, a real nervy, boring, low-scoring game. I'm more, you know, I love me unders again, and I'm going under two and a half goals in this game because I just think that Manchester United. I've, I've done nothing. There's no new players in. There's no the managers got the same really worked with from last season. Ronaldo's problem is a huge problem, and uh, under two and a half goals here is minus one twenty. And I just don't see Brighton offering really anything really in an attacking uh, option. Very similar to the Wolves game. I think Brighton and Wolves are two kind of sides that have a you know got great creative midfield, but they don't have anyone really to put the ball in the back of it, and that would be a concern for me. So under two and a half goals. Jack, anything to add on that, mate, at all? No, I'm, I'm agreeing with the, with the Man United um, kind of analysis there, to be honest with you. I think they have kind of created a little bit of false optimism in pre-season, which is going to be dangerous because it could come back to bite them, actually. I think there was just hope to grasp hold of anything. But, yeah, I can see Brighton are very well organised. Graham Potter's a great coach. He'll have them well-drilled. You can see, as Nigel says, them frustrating United initially. The crowd will be excited, as all crowds will be as on the opening day of the season. But then it will go flat, um, and and it, I can see that yeah, that, that plan out. And and again, you can't argue with the fact that Brighton haven't got that that cutting edge up front. Um, they've been missing for the last two or three seasons when they've been XG kings, 
Um, so, no, I think it's uh, it's got the makings of it. I saw both games last year between these two, and, and you're right, um, Brighton battered them at, at, um, at the Amex when uh, De Gea, I think, kept it down to single-figure goals, really, to be fair. But the uh, the game at Old Trafford last season was 2-0, uh, but that was down to um, Lewis Dunk got sent off early in the second half. And at that point in time, it was, as we then described it, tight, well-drilled, compact, created chances, missed chances, frustrated United. Um, Ronaldo scored that day. And then um, and so they went on to get a, a very late second, um, but say against 10 men. So, yeah, give that the thumbs up as well. Good stuff. Uh, Nigel, anything you want to add before we... Uh wrap up for the week well no really i mean just just like the the word of caution is caution is the word on the first week of the season i just emphasize that you know if you're playing for these bets probably playing for one unit half a unit maybe to start with to get your bank going and then when the season goes on myself and jack will have much more confidence in, in our selections you know we are betting on these on, on on what we've seen last season and just just take a little note from um what happened last week in the championship i mean i've given like two plays there unders here Every team, every squad is fit. Everyone is at the peak of their fitness. The first game of the season, they're going to be very, very strong. They're going to be fit. They're going to be, and chances will be through a arbitrary. And I think that trend of the unders, uh, again, this weekend in the Premier League will continue. I don't think there'll be many goals around at all. Hopefully at Villa, but uh, other than that, I don't think there'll be many goals around at all. So I think the under trend is definitely the way to be going. Uh, in the opening weeks of the season, not only in the, in the UK and in England, but across uh, Europe as well. You rightly say there was only one overs in the championship last week, and uh, it was flagged on the championship channel for Bet Rivers that that would be an overs game. So uh, there you go. And who's on that? Who's on that? The the goat, oh, George Elliott. Be... The goat, George, George Elliott. Yeah, yeah, the old goat. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Good stuff. Brilliant. Uh, you can check out the championship show. You can check out all the Bet Rivers shows on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. And you can listen to them in podcast format as well. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure your notifications are turned on. And that way you will never miss an episode. If you want to follow all of the handicappers at once on an account where you can get pre-match and in-play picks, then head over to Twitter and search for at Because We Win. It's a brilliant handle run by everybody together, all the brilliant handicappers across the Bet Rivers network. So you won't want to miss out on some of the tweets coming up there. So do check it out. We'll be back next week with some more Premier League picks. Until next time, take care of yourselves and enjoy the weekend of football. Cash those tickets. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 